From locking in new clients with proposals and contracts to automated invoicing and making sure you get paid, Harlow has you covered. Harlow is built by freelancers for freelancers, so they truly understand how you work and what you need to run a thriving freelance business. With Harlow, you can send professionally designed proposals with integrated e-signatures to get your projects kicked off with ease, easily invoice clients and accept payments with the click of a button, get a single view of all your clients and all related documents, meetings, and tasks, stay on top of your projects and to-dos, and track your time all in one place. Gone are the days of managing your business in spreadsheets, forgetting to invoice, and generally feeling scattered. Harlow is here to help solopreneurs get organized, save time, and look professional. Get started today at meetharlow.com. Big thank you to them for sponsoring this season of the Creative Class Podcast. Thanks, Harlow. Hi again, Kaylee and Mike back here to talk to you today about platforms like Upwork and Fiverr and kind of those middleman type services where, yes, there are lots of freelance jobs listed, but often it's kind of a lot. It's a lot to sort through. It can be a race to the bottom. Oftentimes it's it's people who are kind of asking a lot for very little pay. And so one of the questions we get a lot is, as a freelancer, how do you move away from those platforms and start building your book of business without the middleman as one of those platforms. And, and I think that that's, that's important for a lot of reasons. I think it's important for earning more as a freelancer and kind of getting to that next level. I think it's important because then you're able to build relationships without having to go through a platform like that. And I think it just opens a lot of doors to opportunity to where rather than being on the defensive side of things and just kind of fielding jobs that are put out there, you can be more strategic about taking jobs that you actually want to take or working with clients and pitching ideas of your own, uh, specializing a little bit more. So just more control over your day-to-day operations rather than just refreshing on a site like Fiverr and hoping that something good comes up and you're the first one to reply. So I think that you have some experience, right, with these types of platforms. So I want to hear about that and how things evolved over time. Yeah. um, So. I definitely started off on Upwork. My my true entry, because right, like I had a freelance photography like stint for a hot minute, but my full-fledged like I'm a freelancer thing started on Upwork through writing. Yeah. So and obviously I mean that was because I had a friend who was a freelance graphic designer. And I was trying to figure out what to do with my life. And I hated working in restaurants. And he was like, you should become a freelancer. I was like, what does that mean? I was like, what am I supposed to freelance? <laughs> so I, I was pretty good at writing. Um, I always got good like scores in college and I worked in research labs in college and wrote the research reports. So I had like some background in that. So the only place, you know, to start was going to Upwork, you know, and freelancer.com and all that stuff. And, you know, I did, I did start with those $25 an hour jobs and I mean, not 25, $25 an hour projects. And I tested a bunch of different models. People would, I would charge like $10 an hour to write articles. Like I would do like, again, the $25 piece for word stuff. And the one thing that I did learn from using Upwork, because right, like at some point you need to get off. You can't, you can't live off of those platforms. I know some, do you have like the top rated and stuff and they flash those people all about, but why the hell do you want Upwork taking 20, 10, 5% of right. your earnings off of everything. Like it just becomes ridiculous. Like 
And you know, you do see these people with these awesome profiles, but check how long they've actually been on Upwork. They could have been on Upwork for eight years. You know, now it's a lot different right. place. Or, or eWork, I think it was before Upwork, uh, or they mm-hmm. merged or something like that. And you know, what, what I did actually learn from that is how to pitch, because you do have to, in order to write, in order to get seen on Upwork, you have to you have to learn how to pitch. Um, so one day I was like, why am I wasting my time here on Upwork? Like I can just pitch other people, you know, and I can like, I can use these pitches that I write in Upwork to pitch like on gigs in other places. And so like my kind of transition off of Upwork after being on it for quite some time. And I did, I was top rated. I did it. Cause I was like, really, I didn't know what else to do. I was like, and then when I do things, I do them a hundred percent or zero percent. There's, there's no sure. in the middle. So I was, I was every day I was sending out pitches, pitches, fire fingers, you know, and that's kind of my story. And what the biggest part, the biggest shift for me was when I started pitching job boards instead. I'm not even talking pitching direct to clients like publications or people that I wanted to work with. Um, I started browsing around on like, I think we work remotely had freelance jobs at the time. I think they've moved since then since to mostly like full-time roles, but I think they still have freelance stuff. But we work remotely. I think it was copy blogger um, and job boards. And I started using just the same pitch format that I was using inside of Upwork. I did try freelancer.com too, but the jobs were even worse than Upwork. So they paid even worse, if you could imagine. So I used that pitch format just to pitch directly to through job boards, I should say. And that was kind of my stint in the marketplaces. And you know, I could say with confidence that the minute you get off those job boards, you start I mean, the minute you get off of those marketplaces, you start to realize like, wow, I'm making a lot more money than I did on that marketplace. Cause it like they trap you. They make you think like you cannot live without their lead generation, you know? And I mean, we have a lot more to talk about that, but Kaylee, I want to hear, I know you used a couple of marketplaces in your past. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was Upwork or not, but kind of give us your your background. Yeah. So in the early days, I definitely checked out platforms like Fiverr and Upwork just because I'd get in that mindset of, I'd like to be busier. Maybe there's something here that I'm missing. I just felt like I wanted to cover all my bases. So I definitely checked it out, but I would get pissed off so quickly because I would see job listings for a huge project and they would tr- they would want to pay like $8 for it. And I was like, are you serious? This is just, this is insane. And I know, like, I, I know that there are exceptions to that rule. I know that there's people who've built wildly successful careers using these types of platforms, but I feel like they're really very much outliers. And so I did kind of go through a more niche matching site. Like I think it was called Cloud Peeps, but The thing that always tripped me up there was they had a lot of pretty intense, scary language around moving off platform. So you were pretty locked into using them as the middleman. And I I get that, right? Like that's how they make money. That's their business model. But there was very much like, you can't move this. If you're going to work with this client, you have to work with them for X amount of time and you have to give us our Uh cut. And if you don't, we will find you. Like we will, we will get our money from you. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. And so that was intimidating. We're going to find your data profile from Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So for me, I I thought, okay, this is an opportunity for me to find things that'll fill my time. It ended up not really being a great fit for me. But what I hear now from people who are still kind of going that route and saying, okay, well, I'm just going to try it out, see what it's like. They kind of get locked into this scarcity mindset that these types of platforms really prey on where, like you said, 
you will not make it as a freelancer without us. And so they think this is how you freelance. You have to use one of these platforms. And I think that the reality is once you get off of these platforms and start building your own one-to-one relationships, you start specializing, you get to be more selective about the types of work that you do, what you want to charge for those types of projects. So it really is, it's kind of a transition when you're ready to go to that next level. You're ready to walk away from those platforms and go out on your own a bit more. So I do think there's a place and time for them. Again, people do find success on them. So I'm not I'm not here to shit on these platforms. I think that for some people, it does make sense. I'm just saying that I think for people who are ready to go to the next level, step one is getting off those platforms and moving into that next level where you're building your business on your own. So my question for you then is for people who are ready to make that transition and get off the platforms where there is the middleman in the equation, how do you start taking the first baby steps to make that transition? What kind of what would you recommend? Are you managing your business or using multiple tools? Or are you still using spreadsheets and your notebook to stay on top of work? It's probably time to upgrade. Harlow is an all-in-one freelance tool that helps solopreneurs get organized, save time, and look professional. With automated invoicing, proposal templates, and much more, Harlow has everything you need to run a thriving freelance business. Check it out for yourself at meetharlow.com. Well, in my in my experience, I won't go too deep into it because I, I mentioned that. In my experience, it was starting to pitch job boards more direct, like go through the job boards. That's that's baby step number one, right? Like if you're used to pitching, just get off of there and use that same pitch format. And you can use that pitch format to pitch directly to clients, like right? Like if you're doing a cold email outreach, um, which I had, I did try cold cold email outreaches too for a while. And then I never tried LinkedIn um, only because I'm like hesitant to like cold pitch people on LinkedIn. But I know some people who are very successful in doing LinkedIn outreach. But yeah, so those, I mean, baby step is taking that pitch model and just using it from your own time. Second was putting yourself out in the open now, right? So you don't have the discoverability of Upwork anymore. You don't have the profile that exists. So you need to recreate, you need to build your profile from scratch pretty much like, and, and put yourself out there in the world. And that means, you know, maybe through Twitter or uh, dribble or, you know, Behance or whatever. Yeah. I think that that's, I think that's such good advice. And the portfolio, I'm so glad you touched on that because I never really thought about that. But once you have a great body of work to show and you have a curated portfolio, that is a big part of this process is like building a body of work that you're proud of that's specific to a certain type of industry or a certain type of client. That's how you start moving down that path to having a niche and be being seen as a specialist who does one very specific type of thing. And I feel like, yes, there are freelancers out there who still do a lot of different projects, but I feel like the ones who have really successful long-term careers are the ones who are known for being the go-to person for something, right? So yeah, it's it's that's a really good advice. And I, I think that there are so many great tools out there that make this so easy today. I love that you mentioned some of those platforms like Dribbble. And I mean, there's plenty for writers too. There's like a Contently, you can kind of pick your poison, but yeah, lots of options for that. <laughs> A good poison, though. It's not a bad a poison. Good poison. Yes. <laughs> a good poison, yes. A good poison. But it, it is scary. And I think a lot, of, a lot of the moving off of the marketplaces is 
And I mean, I know for the reason for me, I'm kind of lazy. Like I'm like, uh, all right, I'm more of a low effort, high impact person. And at the time, that was the low effort, high impact. But there is this psychological barrier that you need to break in order to get off of that, off of the marketplaces and realize like, oh, like I am going to be better off by not using that as a crutch. You know, and there are people who there's, I forget her name, but I used to follow her for a very long time and she did both. She marketed herself on Upwork as a freelancer and then had her website, her blog, her social medias, Kelly something, I don't remember. Um, But she was a travel, she is a travel writer. uh, And I know she does both. Um, And she was also on Fiverr, I think, but she used those marketplaces as like part of her lead generation strategy. Interesting. Uh, And again, yeah. And if that's something that you want to do, then you can do that too. I think the bottom line here is don't make that your only place to go for clients. Like make sure you have other places, your referral system, your social media, your cold outreach. Um, and, And it's just more, you have so much more flexibility, right? Like when you leave the platform, you have the same template page on all those platforms, but with your own website, you can put, I don't know, like, a dinosaur eating a pizza on your page, you know, if it reflects your, <laughs> and that actually comes from um, Rachel Pilcher. She has like a really crazy website. She's a copy of a freelance oh. copywriter and she's got a really fun, like awesome website. And I think there's a dinosaur eating a pizza or something like that, but you can't have that like personality in other places. So the only place that you can show off your personality and your brand is through the things that you create from scratch. Yeah. You know, yep, totally agree. And that's another thing that people often say is with these platforms, there's not a whole lot of customization. You don't get to really show your your specialized skill set. So the other thing that people worry about is if I if I transition to using my website and kind of my personal brand as the primary way I'm like telling people about my business, that is scary because the more specific you are, you think the more you're kind of pigeon pigeonholing yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that multi-pronged approach of having maybe you still have those platform profiles going, but your customer facing marketing, which is your website, your social media, that can be positioned as more specific. So that's kind of your outbound persona that you're presenting to the world. Yeah, you're still going to get questions from people who know you from before or from a past job or a past life, whatever, who are going to say, can you help me with this random project? And maybe that's something you want to take on, but you're not, you're not outwardly marketing yourself as like, I do anything and everything. You just kind of filter things on the back end. And so that's that's one way to think about it is that your website, your portfolio, everything that you position as far as like marketing yourself through your own online real estate, that's where you get really specific. And then you can decide you're still, I mean, I still get queries all the time from people who are like, can you help me with a landing page? And I'm like, I don't do that, but that sounds interesting. Maybe <laughs> I will. So you can decide. You have the ability to make that call. Whereas on those platforms, you're kind of taking, you're you're on the defense, right? You're trying to get those jobs that are listed rather than being the person getting to make that deciding call. Oh, I love that. I love that. And also, I, I just want to say, if there's someone to listen to about positioning, it's you because I remember when I first got into freelancing, I found you as one of the first people. And I remember your tagline was writer for e-commerce platforms and the things that tools integrate, that integrate with, not with them. The tools yeah. that integrate with them. I knew I'd remember, but yeah. is that general line. And yeah. right when I landed on your page, 
that's I was like, oh, okay, she's she's the e-commerce gal, you know, like she's the one that right, you go yeah. to if you're an e-commerce platform. Um, and that was that was how I found you, you know. And if I found you like that, that's how all your other clients are going to find you, right. probably. And the thing that's that feels weird about that sometimes is if I were to say that I am a I'm a freelance writer that helps e-commerce platforms and the software that integrates with them to an average Joe, that's gibberish. That makes no sense at all. My mom doesn't know what I do. Anybody <laughs> I say that to that I meet, you know, from that I knew from high school or college, they're like, mm, translate that for me. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but for the people who want to hire me, that instantly is like, oh, that makes sense. That's yeah. exactly what we're looking for. So you got to speak your customer's language and you really have to use the words that are going to register with them. Even if it feels, again, like, I don't know if I want to be that specific. That might keep me from getting opportunities. More specific is better. And I, it seems counterintuitive. It seems like you are taking yourself out of the running for so many opportunities, but you're actually being more strategic. And it's, a, it's just a good way to position yourself to be the go-to person for a specific type of audience, you know, within a niche or an industry doing a specific type of work. So if you're a graphic designer, um, maybe you specialize in logos, or if you are somebody in the design space, maybe you specialize in like websites built on a very specific platform. Like maybe your platform of choice is Squarespace and you focus on building websites specifically for athletes. So again, like that's three buckets that you're, you're getting more specific on. And that's, again, something to be thinking about as you're wanting to move off these platforms like Upwork and Fiverr, who is it that you want to work with? Of the jobs that you've done maybe on those platforms so far, what did you enjoy the most? What did you hate? Like, what do you absolutely not want to do? So you're learning about yourself, but you're also figuring out how can you position yourself better? I love that. And, and Kayla, I do have one more thing I want to touch on before you know the end of this episode because I just thought about it while you were talking. So one thing that's also these platforms have is that messaging communication. So you kind of you kind of have this like space where you and the client exist together, but it's like an Upwork space. So I was curious for you, you have a lot of different channels where you can find clients from. Like, do you have a specific a preferred tactic that you use or how do you keep in touch with clients like one-to-one, -one, right? Like you have a crap ton of Twitter followers, you have a newsletter, like, so kind of what's your way of keeping in, keeping in touch with clients and, you know, like kind of keep staying top of mind? Yeah, it is not fancy. It is the, lo the most low tech way you could ever imagine. So I go through my invoicing software and I do this like once a uh -huh. month or once every two months. And I'm like, who did I like working with? And if I liked working with him and I haven't heard him for, heard from them for a while, that's somebody I want to follow up with. Um, and then number two, like who paid well, <laughs> who paid well, who paid on time, That's who right. was easy to work <laughs> with. And so most at this point, most of the people I work with, I've been working with for a long time. There is the occasional newbie in there where maybe we have a project and it goes really well. And then, you know, we do the one and I don't hear anything. So I'll check back in and they're like, oh yeah, actually we need you for X, Y, and Z. So I just use my invoicing software. It's not, it's not scientific or anything. What about you? How do you tackle that? So one place I actually do do this is I go into all my clients' slacks. Like I actually prefer oh. that clients put me in their Slack. Interesting. Because um, then I have I have full communication with them whenever. Sure. And I, you know, the upsell, I mean, some people are hesitant. They won't put me on like their company-wide Slack channel, obviously, but I'll have like a direct message to them. 
or a couple of other collaborators who are on the projects that I'm on. And that, that's been huge because they never forget me. You know, I'm always, of course. Yeah. I'm always there. Say, I'm, hey. <laughs> I'm always there. And I'm like, I make it a point to, for example, if I see an opportunity, I make it a point to just send it through Slack. Hey, I saw this opportunity for us in this bucket of, you know, that we're working, this topic yes. that we're going after, whatever, just run with, you know, I can do it. You can give it to someone else, whatever. I just wanted you to have this. And that yeah. that's a big way. That's a big way that I've kept, that I keep communications with all my clients. Um, and there's even been the case where someone did not pay my invoice and I hit them up in Slack and I was like, Hey, I uh, just want to remind you that you still haven't paid this invoice. And they're like, yeah. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. It'll be done today. And it was done like yes. in three hours. So it's yeah. like, again, it's, that's a very, like, I hope people just pay you on time. Um, but there are cases where people don't. So, but yeah, getting, getting the Slack, getting into the Slack group. I don't have any clients in my newsletter personally. Also yeah, my same. newsletter is more towards like freelance, freelancing and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, so Slack and then just hanging out with people on Twitter. That's mostly how I, how I communicate with potential clients and clients. Yeah. I, I think what you said, just to close things out about being proactive and saying like, Hey, I have an idea. Um, I can help you do X, Y, and Z. And here's how. And presenting it in that format proactively and getting ahead of things and making suggestions like that makes you so valuable as a freelancer. And what happens so often, and it's kind of conditioning from being on those platforms, is you wait for assignments. And so you're always, again, in that defense mode. You're waiting for things to come your way. But pro freelancers and the ones who do really well are very proactive and they throw out ideas and they go to their clients and say, I see an opportunity here. Let me help you do this. Um, here's how I can help solve this problem for you. Or here's here's what I can bring to the table. I have some ideas for you to think about. So if you're in this position where you're like, I want to get away from these or I want to diversify a little bit, these are all great things to think about. Think about being proactive. Think about bringing things to the table and following up with people and checking in. You're not being annoying. You're doing your job. Well, I prefer to be annoying, but <laughs> that's it. That's it. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll catch you next yes. episode. Yes. Want to go pro with your freelancing career? Check out creativeclass.co for more information.